Welcome to Centering Centers, a pod network podcast that explores the work of centers of teaching and learning and the vision and insights of educational developers in higher education. The pod network is North America's largest educational development community, supporting members' professional learning through meaningful and sustained interaction. This podcast is an initiative led by the Digital Resources and Innovation Committee of POD. To get more involved in the DRI committee or this podcast, just send us an email at dri at podnetwork.org. This episode features Dr. Andrea Jackson talking about the design of faculty onboarding and her role as an instructional coach at Fayetteville Technical Community College in North Carolina. We hope you enjoy listening. So welcome. I am very happy to get to know Andrea Jackson. And thank you so much, Andrea, for making some time today um, to speak with us. Yay. So um, your colleague actually submitted a nomination for you to say, this woman does this really cool thing with faculty onboarding. So we want to hear about that. and we thank you for sharing that with, with the community here of educational developers. Um, first off, just can you tell us a little about your institution, your center, um, the kind of the faculty that you serve there and your students? Okay, and again, thank you so much, Laura, for having me. I am um, really grateful um, and I am definitely honored to be I guess nominated by my colleague because he does um, hold me in high esteem and that is great to have someone like that to work with. Um, so I worked at Fayetteville Technical Community College. We're located in Fayetteville, North Carolina. That's in the Sand Hills on the lower, I guess what is that, lower east um, side of North Carolina. And our community college is I, I really feel like we have a really a really great thing going on here. I believe we are the fourth largest community college in the state. Um, and I've only been here for two years, uh, but I've been in our community for a lifetime. <laughs> and I've always heard about Fayetteville Technical Community College. But when I got here, I really realized at that time that I didn't know everything that I should have known. Um, Coming from a classroom setting, I was a, a classroom instructor for a little over 20 years before coming here as an instructional coach. I realized that this is almost like a gym, like a hidden gym. Hmm. And only for me, because in my mindset, a four-year university was the place to be. That was where, you know, we were encouraging all of our students to go. Well, lo and behold, we have a gym right in our backyard that allows students who Maybe that four-year university, that atmosphere, that environment, that time investment is not for them. And I had a couple of great candidates that lived at my house that would have been great to go uh, to the university. Um, Yeah, because I was really saying, had I known, had I known. So I realized very early on when I got here that this school is very, very big on assisting their students after graduation. That is an admirable thing, and I saw that time and time again that not only were the students, you know, being guided, but when you get your degree, the folks here are really invested in the community and invested in ensuring that that workforce is employable 
and in fact has a, a, a job as soon as they step out of graduation. And I have a lot of former students that actually did come uh, in, to a two-year university and use this option, and they could do nothing but rave about their experience, about what they got out of it, and how they were just so glad that they went this route. In fact, I talked to several students who started out at a four-year and we all know how life happens. Yes. And they decided to come back here to finish their education. And they were doing, I mean, really superb. I was really, really shocked at just how well and how seamless of a transition they had. So that's a little something about uh, Fayetteville Technical Community College. We are a technical institute that, you know, we have a lot of career and technical um, programs here and like I said students in this area or even the, the surrounding areas they can find what they need here our uh, program list is, is is plentiful and we you know show up and show out in a lot of areas so I was just really proud to be a part of this organization and it just amazed me how I didn't really know before it's interesting so, how yeah. you know there's such um there shouldn't be uh especially for those of us who work in in education, whether it's K-12 or in higher ed, um, yeah. we should have such an understanding and appreciation of community colleges, but there is still, I think, not enough value placed yeah. on it. I, I work, you know, inside um, in the CUNY system, and we have some wonderful community colleges, oh. like LaGuardia Community College yeah. for Manhattan, and they're just leaders of innovation, and because there's a lot of opportunity to focus on teaching, you know, yeah. among community college um, yeah. faculty. What what is your faculty like in that regard? What how would you describe um, the faculty there? I think I would, um, if I needed to describe our faculty, I think that I would use words such as maybe I would say driven. I would say um, nurturing uh, because I see a lot of let me help you out. I've got a business. I know a guy, I know a gal, um, I know a place, okay? Let me set you up. Let me get in touch with so-and-so. Let me give your name to this person. Um, there are so many job opportunities for our students that come across our email. And I am just overwhelmed because of the, the level of preparation that they give our students for interviewing and practice and um, opportunities to meet with potential employers uh, that is outside of the general community okay so it's you know really streamlined really focused um, our students are the only ones there or they are allowed to come two or three hours before the events start I mean there are just so many things that I see happening and it's part of a course here but that's just not what I'm used to seeing you know yeah. I would venture to say that you know, my three children went to four-year universities, all three of them, but I never saw them getting that type of one-to-one -one attention, mm. that type of support. Um, and I do really think back on it. And like I said, two out of the three would have really done well. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, that's yeah. really very powerful. And, yeah. and it shows how, um, again, uh, the value of teaching and the teacher and that relationship is is everything um, yeah. for student success. So, um, tell me a little about this um, onboarding project. You know how okay. you started with it. What were you, what issue or um, idea did you have that kind of 
sparked this project right. off and, and then kind of what, what did you design and implement? Okay. So our center, when I was hired, um, I guess we kind of, what did they say? We were flying the plane while we were building yeah, Right, it. building it while we fly yeah. it or, yeah. 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 So that's fine because instructional coaching um, in higher ed is not as typical as some would think. So um, hiring instructional coaches at a higher ed level, there wasn't necessarily a given model. There was not already a place here uh, for us. So we were... I think it was a you know great opportunity. We were able to come in and kind of design um, this whole you know building center thing on our own, and uh, with some help from some really important key stakeholders on the campus, uh, we've kind of arrived where we are today. And again, it's only been two years, mm-hmm. and so we are definitely not where we want to be. But um, our center has started to grow, and our focus has started to be nailed down. In fact, the very first thing we had to do when we got here was we had to sell the idea of instructional coaching and how it could be beneficial and not evaluative or punitive. So that was a really big thing that we encountered to begin with. And once we were able to um, sort of win over um, some faculty in some places and uh, faces started to become familiar, I was here from the beginning and we've had a coach or two come or go. Um, and so I'll kind of use and refer to myself often because, like I said, I'm the, the constant here. Right. Um, so what's happened is that we started going into classrooms and some of the things that um, we started to see and some of the, the question marks and some of the areas of concern that we might have had, in my opinion, led to things that were pretty foundational, pretty basic. And so I started to question, so what type of training, what type of education do you have? Because at a community college, we often hire those who are masters in their industry. They are you know, professionals. And some of them have been working 20, 30 years in their area. And so um, the content knowledge is above, beyond. It's, it's, it's really yes. awesome. But sometimes the application, sometimes the pedagogy, the andragogy is not there as much as we would want it to be. And so we felt like in order to match those two areas, in order to match that mastery um, to that foundational, those foundational uh, elements, that, that pedagogy, the andragogy that we felt really needed to be present, we thought we needed to hit them at the beginning. So onboarding started to really become very feasible. Where can we get them so that as they come in, we, we're giving them something that they can use from day one. So I'm going to stop you there for a second yeah. because um, what you've brought up already is, is really, it's fascinating. Um, you know, the, the line between um, what an educational developer would normally do in a center for teaching and learning versus an instructional coach. And I'm also from a K-12 background, so I understand mm-hmm. um, you know, instructional coaching, but you're absolutely right that that's not the role that people who do faculty development take up. Like, was there a distinction there? Did you already kind of know that distinction or did you like kind of wander into it or? Well, in all honesty, if we're talking about as far as approaching it from a, a coaching standpoint, um, I think that what happened is me personally, my background and my experience allowed me to see the challenges from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I think typically coaches are just asked to coach the instruction. There's an understanding that the pedagogy is already there. Mm-hmm. 
my coaching, I guess, is probably rooted a little bit more in my experience. I do have a lot of degrees that, you know, go into that area. But prior to that, um, I was a parent before I became an educator. And I didn't start off, you know, way early on. We won't talk about age. But anyway, <laughs> I came into teaching a little bit more from a parental a type of standpoint. So I looked at situations more so about not necessarily what you're telling me is wrong, but what I see might be wrong. I'm looking for underlying issues. I'm looking for, for instance, if you have a child that's a bedwetter, I'm not angry at the fact that you wet the bed. I need to understand why. There's something underneath there. And that is probably why I looked at this situation the way I did. Why do they seem to not grasp that application, that pedagogy does not seem to be part of the conversation. Well, they're not getting it from the beginning. And because here we hire based off of your mastery and your content, the, um, I guess the, uh, the amount of pedagogy, the, the exposure that you've had is not always the high, you know, valued piece that they're looking for. They need that content. So we have a lot of instructors that don't have that background and you don't know what you don't know. They don't know to ask a question because they don't know that that's an issue. So here I am and I'm looking and I'm saying, this would be so much easier. You would be so much more wonderful if you only did this. You but you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm just thinking, you know, from the, um, from the faculty development or like educational developer center right. for teaching and learning point uh -huh. of view, generally there's an, I don't know how much observation of teaching actually goes on because it's more of like we provide a smorgasbord people who want to come come and get it the right. people who don't want to come don't come and get it right. um so the fact that you know they've they've created such a role that it goes beyond just here's some offerings that you might like um right. it's really much more like you said observational mm -hmm. and um it's more targeted. Uh, yeah. Okay, and so that is, I guess, yet another aha moment that I had very early on. Um, we did try for a, a few months and just offer these general PDs yeah. you know, for the entire campus. Um, a handful of folks were coming. You know, we were getting participation, but I did not feel like that was doing anything that I wanted it to do. I started thinking back to my days of going to a PD. Right. And if it did not talk about my content area, I really wasn't listening. If the presenter used science, for example, as their, you know, example to do it, I wasn't listening because I don't teach science. So in my mind, that makes sense. I understand what you're saying, but I'm not going to leave out of here and try to adapt that to my content area. So if you didn't come and you were talking about English, I wasn't listening. So I said, you know what? These are people just like I am. So when we're giving these general PDs and everybody on campus is there, if I'm not talking about their specific area, they're not listening. So that made me understand we needed to customize. I needed to go into a department and find out what they're doing and go into this department because the departments have different needs. Some have labs, some you know are, are completely face-to-face, -face. some are um, state you know, governed, you know, a lot of what they do is governed yeah. by state tests or certification. So their needs were different. So in my mind, I needed to understand what are their different needs, and I kept coming back to the same thing. They needed some foundational training. They needed something that starts them off from day one. How do I get in here and get started as an educator? 
And I wonder, like, you know, again, going back to the four-year college, you know, the, the, the people who are coming in to um, teach for the first time at a four-year university uh-huh. um, are just as much in need of this, if not more so, because they haven't actually even maybe worked in a professional role. But um, there's... It, it, do you think because it is a community college and there is more of a value on teaching than just research and scholarship, there's a space for this um, that we can learn from actually in the four year? Right. So there's, there's like a twofold. Okay. So when we say space, we are talking about a shorter time that we have with our students, but our entire focus is on getting them to the finish line of being um, some, having some type of skill or trade immediately when they're done or um, being ready and able to transfer to a four-year university and go directly into their concentration area. I would think that a difference at a university would be that they have a lot of time. I think there's a lot of time. It looks as if there's a lot of time to develop the person, um, to develop all these other things about them. And not that we don't focus on that here, but I think our, our end goal is a little more insight. As a freshman, you come into school and you know you have at least three to four years to get done. So your goal is a little bit out of eyesight. When you start here, your goal is two years away. You just about see it from day one. And I think that it allows that target to be a little more in reach. And so I think the student has a little bit better um, grasp on I can achieve this. And then you have all these people that are in place to say, I can help you with this. Learn this and you can do like me. There's so many models and examples of everything. And of course, this is not to put down for your universities. I am definitely a supporter of education, period. I just also know that everybody isn't made for every area. And I think that community colleges are here for a plethora of people with all types of different situations. It doesn't have to just be the person coming, the traditional student coming directly out of high school. I mean, right. we have folks that are good and grown like we are, nice and seasoned, that <laughs> come back, you know, and want to do other things with their lives. But the commitment is not so heavy that I can't see my way to the finish line. Yeah, and I think in a way also that the um, the faculty who are coming in to teach there are, are interested in um, supporting those students you know, becoming successful um, and, and imparting the knowledge that they've gained, let's say from, from their professions, as opposed to just pursuing perhaps their own or our own scholarly agendas where teaching is sort of on the side. Um, so it's an interest, I definitely think there's some big contextual opportunities there that we can learn from actually in four-year settings. Um, because one of the things I do wonder about a lot is, um, as you know, as you were just mentioning, we know there's a lot of research on what makes professional development effective, and it has to be sustained. It has to be applied. Um, they talk about about 40 hours of application for a new practice to become part of your repertoire. And, and you know, the spray and pray, you know, we just present something, they'll go off. There's no accountability. There's nothing. Um, I'm interested in how, how you gained the trust. Um, I'm sure it's your personality and, and, and maybe because they're not quote all research and scholars that, that they're there for the practice of teaching and, and some of the cases at your technical school um, that they might have been more open to you 
in the teaching expertise or how was that just briefly? What was it like to gain that trust? I would say that a lot of this is the exact same thing that I did and still do in a classroom. It's about building relationships. Um, as soon as I start speaking to anyone about anything, they need to understand that I'm here for you, we're here for each other, we're going to get through this thing together. If I happen to have an instructor who has been referred to me, possibly by a supervisor, of course they come in a little uneasy because yeah. there's something wrong and I've got to fix it. And we dispel that from the get-go. Our goal is to work together to make this thing happen. If we can do it, then we're going to do it. But that's the same way I talk to my students. The same way I talk to my students. I taught all levels of students, from those who were in the gifted and talented area, um, all the way to those who were in um, advanced placement courses and even um, college courses. We can do this together. So this is like a partnership. Okay. So student, you know, student-centered learning is what we have to work with and work on. Once that relationship is built, I feel like I can get people to do almost anything. Mm -hmm. I now have people that request me to coach them. And everything is not tangible. Everything is not, you know, how do I fix this? How do I do this paper? How do I teach this assignment? It's not like that. They're asking me questions about how can I work on how I feel? How can I work on the way I address my students? Why won't my, my African-American males get up and do a speech in class? Can you help me with that? And I love that because there is a level of trust that has been built and, you know, has started to spread amongst our campus. There are quite a few of them, and that's me. <laughs> we are really working towards making sure they understand, yes, the instructional coaches, the center is here at the, uh, we, we operate at the pleasure of our administration, right? But once I get into coaching mode, that's me and you. That's you and I working something out. We've come up with a plan. We have an entire plan put together. We won't fail because if you win, I win. I win. If I'm able to help you, this is not just about you. I actually, you know what I'm saying, I get pleasure out of that. The same as any educator when they see something happening, when they see that change go on. I get that same satisfaction. I get that same win when I've helped you through something. Mm -hmm. So I am definitely as invested as you are. And so with the center, that's what we are trying to promote to them. We want them to understand. We're saying, hey, we have your back. We've got some ideas over here, okay? We also want to come to you. We've got all kinds of different ways to work this thing out, whatever it is. Hey, let's get you um, into this foundations course. Let's get you into this onboarding course, okay? And let's yeah. Get, yeah let's I mean, I, and let's get to the onboarding course because this is, um, there is so much, um, as you said, you know, knowledge about how to um, to design um, faculty development approaches to take but it, it's so much it's always comes down to people relationships you know one-to-one -one. and so you see this you know uh, different maybe it's challenges with active learning or like you said engaging certain populations in in certain activities um, perhaps people who have really been in, in a technical school they are excellent professionally in, in their um, in their work lives, but they're not educators. They haven't um, actually themselves experienced right. active learning. So yeah. they kind of revert to what they experienced, that sort of thing. Now, so you see all of these things happening and you're saying, okay, it's one thing to 
build up these relationships with the existing faculty, you know, get in there and, and start to get more and more trust, get into more and more situations where I can do consulting with them. Yeah. Yeah. But now you're like, okay, let me catch them as they come in because the defenses are totally low there, right? There's sure. no at the door. Meeting you at the door. <laughs> yeah. So tell us that's that seems okay. like to make so much sense. So what is the what is involved in that in the in the onboarding? So what we we also have here a um uh, a faculty-driven committee. Uh, it's called our Faculty uh, Professional Development Standing Committee. And they act as our like advisors. And so we, we also work at their pleasure. Um, they, they speak for the faculty and tell us certain things that they would like or certain things that they feel like our faculty really need to have when they get started. And so we definitely use that information to guide us and in our expertise, and when I say our, um, it was myself um, and uh, my other, my colleagues helped out a little bit with some of the lessons that we, we um, created, but the, our instructional designer. So she worked on Blackboard stuff, quite a bit of stuff. And then I kind of focused on um, teaching, teaching at FTCC. And so what that entailed was things like first day of class, you know, what do you do? What is building community? Um, I think in my section I had attendance, and there's probably five lessons under that. How do you do this? Because those are things that you're going to need day one. Um, and they actually are introduced to this course um, on their second day. They, get, they come to the HR the first day, and then the second day they're going to be enrolled into this course, and they'll have an opportunity to just kind of go through. The lessons are very user-friendly. Um, they are created with software so that they flow. They have music. There's little bitty quizzes. There's there's people and pictures and all kinds of little things like that. And so it just kind of pushes them through some information that we think is vital to have on day two. You haven't started teaching yet. Let's say you teach day three. So you have this information before you start. It's and that's all self-paced and built yeah. into this blackboard. Okay. Yes, definitely. It's, it's actually in our LMS. Um, and they'll just be able to access it. Um, the Blackboard uh, lessons, as we call them, would go over um, how to print this certain report that they have to print on day 14. Um, what is the census date? Um, how do you recognize that? You know, and there's like little videos. Uh, he has voiceover, and they just kind of click through it, you know, and they go through it. After everyone, they have to just click and certify that they have completed it. Um, and it is set up where they cannot, you know, skip a screen. And so we know that they have at least played it, right? And so at the very end, once they get through everything, they're able to print a certificate to say that they've gone through onboarding. And it's probably about 15 to 20 little lessons, but they're only about maybe three to four minutes a piece. I know one video is about 14 minutes, but it's a really good one. Um, and so it varies a little bit with the length, but they're not really, really, they're not too heavy. They're not too bad where, you know, someone's, I had to come back to this. So once that is done, all of that information is in a sister Blackboard site, and that is called Instructional Resources. All of our faculty will have access to that same information, but there are no quizzes there. So once you're onboarded and you finish and you've done your certificate and you've printed it out and you're like, yes, I'm ready to go. It's day three and I have forgotten everything that was in every last one of those lessons. They can go right back to Blackboard and click a site that looks exactly the same on the inside. And they can go back to each of those lessons and look at them, click through them slowly. There's no quizzing involved. And they still have access to all of those resources. And there's other stuff in there, too. So it really, it really allowed us to feel like we were just putting things in their hands, 
not everything at once. We're not throwing a textbook at them and say, oh, here, read this by tomorrow. But we're giving them access to information that we know they'll need those first few weeks. You know, they'll also have a mentor assigned to them. But onboarding, we found, was one of the biggest uh, complaints of some of our newest faculty. They said they just didn't know certain things and they weren't sure who to go to and maybe the person didn't have the right answer. Um, there's a nice welcome video, kind of rah-rah with a, a, lot of, a, a lot of people on campus saying, hey, welcome. You know, we took some more videos and there's, campus is beautiful. Um, there are, there's some access there to some, some Fable Tech things. We've got like a, a State of the College video, our president speaks, and they can click on those at will. But that information is there for them to just look at and to kind of, you know, relax and enjoy being brought on. We really wanted to focus on inviting them and letting them know this is a welcome place for you to be. Whatever you need, we're going to help you. Our Center for Faculty Development, we're really big in support. So whatever it is you need, whether it's setting up your course and design, whether it's instructional coaching, um, we have the personnel here that can address whatever your problem is. And so- That's amazing. There's no way that sounds That sounds beautiful for people coming, <laughs> for people coming in. Now, what about, um, just to kind of wrap this up, the, um, some of your thoughts about, um, you know, connecting those practices that you see needing development later on back to that initial uh, module experience of the onboarding. You know, I, as you said, it's still like in development. I'm wondering any like lessons learned or things you're thinking. Yeah. Done. The, the onboarding is done and ready to go live. We don't actually do any hiring in December. So we are ready to roll January 2nd, 2022. Um, but to answer your question, um, as a follow-up to that, I also created a course, and it's called um, Teaching Foundations. It is a 16-module course that has many lessons, and the many lessons include things like Bloom's taxonomy, writing objectives, um, flipped classrooms, um, there are things in there about creating uh, videos, um, educational technology, uh, lesson planning. Um, there's just, there's 16 of them. And each module contains some information, a lot of research that you can click on several links. And there's a task that you need to complete in every module. Once you complete that task using your content area, you'll submit that. I'll go in and give you some great feedback. And if I feel like it's really good, like it's good enough, if you just, you know, dot this I and cross this T, that you could actually go ahead and load it into your course, then I give you my sign of approval, and then the next module will open up for you. And so you can progress at your own pace. You have 16 weeks to take it. There is no cost. Um, it is available for all of our employees. And our, our goal is to have everyone go through it probably in the first couple of years that we have, though, maybe two to three years. And then we'll do a part due. Um, <laughs> and so that is our way of following up. In addition, um, we have AQ courses that are offered. Uh, we're doing a certification now that we have 10 courses that we're offering over the course of two years as well. Those courses are awesome. We've had a couple here before. I think I went through the cohort last year, so I'm already certified. And so we're offering those from the center as well. So that's open for our faculty. And that might be for some of our high flyers. Um, 
that have already kind of got some of those basics and are ready to take it to the next level, but it's available for everyone. So we have onboarding, we have the foundations going on, we have AQ available, um, and our webpage offers a plethora of PDs that are available um, by our system office that controls all the North Carolina community, the entire community college system. We get uh, PDs from them as well as anywhere else that I can, you know, scoop them up from. And then whatever we are able to, you know, we, we actually do, you know, uh, convene and do some local things on campus. And so there's a calendar that our, our faculty, all they have to do is go and click and they're able to register. Um, it's a lot of that. And, and so we're trying to make growth and development second nature and very, very accessible. Very accessible. It's really, it's a, a wonderful, um comprehensive um, program, you know, from, from, as you said, from the point of hiring and then throughout the time that they're there. Yeah. Um, so in our, in our last couple moments together, um, of course, I want to take your course and, and buy your course um, that you've created. <laughs> and that sounds like something you should market. Um, but the, if you were to say, um, when when you when you do go and and um, observe faculty mm -hmm. that have you know been open to that, mm -hmm. um, what are, what are some things or what are a couple of the things that if you could somehow in the onboarding just like put insert right into their brain, you know that they would just know how to do what what do you think are like those real important um, instructional techniques that seem to take a while that maybe um gotcha. if we could somehow get to faculty to, to get on those earlier or to be on that same page i honestly think that um what active learning looks like i think that's a really big thing um when i came here engagement was the buzzword engagement 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 and I sort of moved up a little bit and I said, you know, engagement is great. I can engage by having a conversation with you, but that doesn't give me a real level of measurement. And so I started saying, listen, they can be engaged, but if there's no active learning going on, this is just conversation. It's, you know, there's no real point. And that was the part where I guess for me as an educator, I think I just took that for granted. I just knew what I was looking for. But speaking to someone who may not have the same background as I do, I needed them to understand. I would need a new instructor to understand. Just because they're talking and they're all just actively talking, what are they talking about? Are you relaying whatever it is your conversation about? Or do you keep spiraling back to the concepts, to the terms, to the topic at hand? Are you using the jargon that you know they'll need to know? Um, if there's some state certification, are you using the language of the instrument? Because if you're not doing that, they're not actively learning. They're just engaged. And so that I think is a really big aha moment for a lot of our instructors. It seems like a small piece, but that's the piece that takes us from, you know, um, being engaged to actually learning. Um, that's something I think I would really like to impart. And I've, I've worked with some instructors where I've helped them to understand, you know, don't ask a question and answer it. <laughs> right. If, ask and answer your own question. Right. I need to do that a lot. If someone doesn't get it, I need you to guide them. I need you to push them along the way. And I always use the parent thing. Because if I'm talking to a room full of people 
And I, I don't care what ages you are. If I say, do any of you have any kids? Some folks may raise their hand. Then I say, well, have any of you all ever been a kid? <laughs> yes. So, okay, so I think I have everybody's attention. The same thing that a parent does when they're talking to their child. They don't always give them the answer. They sometimes give them the lesson. They sometimes allow them to figure some things out on themselves. You know, let's just be let's just be cognitive about this and let's think about it. But let me guide you with my words. Let me guide you with my activity manipulative if, if I will Let me go to where I want you to be because that's what I used to do with my kids I'm kind of manipulating you to do what it is I need you to do because if I tell you don't do it you're definitely gonna do it so I'm gonna guide you you know I'm gonna ask you what you think um, oftentimes you know people for whatever reasons don't want to give up their opinions about something they don't want to share they may be an introvert they may be uncomfortable there's a hundred reasons why you can't get an answer out of someone mm -hmm. and I need instructors to know that if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Say it in a different way. Stand on your head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Offer candy. Candy's always good. Um, there's, there's so many ways that you can try to, you know, coax someone, you know, into doing that. And having a safe and trusting environment will allow you to move mountains. Beautiful. That's, that's it. Mic drop on Dr. Andrea Jackson. Uh, thank you so much for for spending some time with us today. And uh, I'm sure some people listening are going to reach out to you to find more out about your onboarding and your instructional coaching. Thank you so much, Andrea.